OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Shotgun snap, Gabriel fakes the handoff, looks right, throws right, slant pass, caught by Jalil Farouk, five-yard line, steps out of a tackle, touchdown, double OQ. Third and four, Fuller to throw across the middle, it is intercepted, Stutzman's got it, 20 to the 10, house it, Danny Stutzman, pick six. Stoops in motion, dad in the booth, DG's got it, rolling right, looking, throws to Drake, he caught it, touchdown for Bob. Boy, again. No, that's Carol's son. <laughs> I'm, I'm Drake's dad and Carol's husband. So. Gabriel, wide snap, back to pass. Looks back to his right, down the middle. He's got Nick Anderson, Pater. Touchdown. First career touchdown for Nick Anderson. Bam. Gabriel going to throw. Straight drop, looking, looking. Finds Nick Anderson on the comeback at the 25. One man to beat. Stiff arm got by him. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Nick Anderson. Play action. He's going to throw deep. Nick Anderson. Near sideline. Caught. 20, 10, 5. He's carrying a hurricane. Touchdown, Nick Anderson. His third of the day. A dominant performance by the Crimson and Cream on the road today here in Tulsa. Final score, Oklahoma 66 and Tulsa 17. Victory! All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. Here at Nippert Stadium, it comes down to this play. In the first overtime, Jones, patient, throws, intercepted, Miami has snapped the skid. And they stay there. And they stay there. And they stay there. Oh, man. What a weekend. What a weekend. A lot of fun. A lot of good football out there. It was wild. There's some weird stuff, and we'll get into it. Uh, I'm just curious what the flavor of the week is for what the Sooner fan base is upset slash worried about Tyler there's got to be something well not worried about that clip I just inserted in there Miami (laughs) Ohio beating Cincinnati I know that you love that one there the flavor of the week is uh it's Nick Anderson man it's Nick Anderson that's um and, and we're going to single him out probably a lot today but just as we start off on this reaction Monday Nick Anderson was great there's no doubt that was one of the best games from a wide receiver core at OU that I've seen in, in a while, man. He wasn't the only one. I thought everyone, every, just about every wide receiver that got reps on Saturday played at a very high level. Right, yeah. What, three three guys over 100 yards the first time in a long time. What Was it 2012? Is that right? It's going back a ways since we've had uh, three wide outs over 100. Um, boy, during the week we asked, where the stars are, and I guess they showed up in the wide receiver room, didn't they? Whew. Yeah, I mean, 
not only did they show up, it's the conversation is completely different, I think, today than what it was a week ago. It's Jaleel Farouk is starting to emerge as a player or as the player that you hoped that he would be this offseason. I think he's yeah. the past two games he's looked really good. Um, but now it's, you know, Andrew Anthony, you still want him as your deep ball guy. He's been very yeah. good in that role. You know what you're going to get from Drake Stoops. It's what does this mean for Nick Anderson and even Jaden Gibson moving forward. I know that Jaden Gibson only had one catch, but it feels like he's only been targeted three times this year. All three times have been with tight coverage, and all three times he's made the play. So you, you have two, three wide receivers you feel really good about now. But how much run does Nick Anderson and Jaden Gibson get moving forward? I think you've got to have Nick Anderson be more involved after what we saw on Saturday, man. I want that guy out there. Give him opportunities. Well, yeah. I want you to explain something to me, if you would, please. Yeah, and I, maybe yeah. we'll need the text I, line for I this. Why, whenever Nick Anderson looked really good in week one, did we not see him in week two, only to see him in week three where he looked just like what you would expect after watching him in week one? What happened? Well, I thought I had an answer for you, so it does sound like we're going to have to go to the text line for that. <laughs> 405-651-3439. I don't know. Why did we see Tawie Walker have the hot hand against SMU, have over 20 carries, and then not have one carry on Saturday? It is it's it's been wild what they've done with the with the skill position players. I I don't know. It, it makes no sense to me. I, I mean, like now we were confused as to why Gibson and Anderson didn't get much run in the, in the SMU game. It looks even more odd now, doesn't it? After the way they both played. Or it sounds why have like, you been throwing in Nick Anderson this whole time? Yeah, it sounds like all the red shirt freshman guys were must have been. Must have missed a workout or something, and maybe it was a secret suspension. That's the only know. thing that would make sense at this point. But I'll tell you what, you know, we we've we've talked and discussed Nick Anderson for a long time. Um, that is exactly what we wanted to see. Yep, and expected to see the size, the athleticism, the strength, and I know that everyone is talking about the three touchdowns, and rightfully so. But, man, he blocks his ass off on the perimeter when they run those bubbles and those RPOs. He is a force out there blocking those those smaller DBs, man. I, I love the kid. I think he's got everything. Now, I guess I don't know, I don't know his attitude or his mentality on a day-to-day, but... I know the pedigree, and I know, you know what his his brother was. Uh, you know, a a machine work ethic wise, and you know handled all of his business. I wouldn't expect that there's any difference with with him. So, if all of that checks out, that dude, I know you saw that clip from those. I don't whoever the hell those Texas guys were. Oh God, talking about OU skill guys, yeah. but um, I mean, I I cut. It is true to a certain extent. I mean, that's kind of what I was saying last week. <laughs> Where's the stars? Well, if they don't know Nick Anderson, they're about to. The All of college football is about to. That dude's about to go, go off this year. It, it really feels like that was the uh, that was the moment for him in his career, right? We've been waiting on it to happen, and then it's three the touchdowns. Game. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. And 
I, and I don't necessarily think – I mean, I, I think that there were some schemes in that he had some one-on-ones down the field that they clearly took advantage of, but I think it was mostly about just him, him winning one-on-ones. And the touchdown that I love most, he catches it at the 25, breaks a tackle, and finds a way to score. It's kind of like the next level. So it wasn't just all about scheme. It was about him making some individual plays that were really impressive, man. Yeah. Uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line trying to come up with reasons why we didn't see him last week. Coaches made adjustments. That's what we all want. Nine one eight classic poker tactic by Jeff Levy, holding back an ace, and the ace was Nick Anderson. Yeah, they probably wanted to hold him back even another week, but our fan base would have uh, <laughs> rioted. So it's like, all right, we got no choice. Uh, I love that. Unveil the weapon, secret weapon. Nine it's one, coming against Tulsa. Nine one eight again. Is it possible they were keeping what they have quiet and only showing very little of them on tape? Well, it was possible, and that would make sense had we not saw it against Tulsa, right? I mean, there's no reason to to keep all that secret and then unveil it against Tulsa. But I don't know. Could be wrong. He did have a bunch of family in town, so maybe that forced their hand. 918, I think it's because Jeff Levy wants to do things his way and not always the best way. I think Levy could be great, but I think he gets in his own way sometimes. I believe in him, though. He just needs to do what works. Well, he did it Saturday. What were he got a lot of criticism against SMU? I thought he was uh, thought he's very good on Saturday. He was open yeah. down the field, and they took advantage of it by like every drive. I thought I thought the play calling, the variety from the offense, was excellent. If if you were sleepwalking, if you're Cincinnati, if you're Iowa State, and you've been kind of sleepwalking on Oklahoma's offense, that you know, there's just not a whole lot there. Boy, they are they're working overtime right now because he, he showed a bunch of stuff, a bunch of personnel groupings and personnel packages and uh, new player. I guess no one necessarily knew, but featured uh, guys that they haven't necessarily featured a whole bunch. So, no, that was that was impressive. Well, how how, uh, how do you feel overall? Like CBS gives OU an A on Saturday. Is that are you around that area? Just how how do you feel? Sixty six seventeen. If I'm grading the entire thing as as one, yeah, I give it an A. And I would say, outside of maybe offensive line, you could probably grade it higher than that. Not impressed with the O line, huh? Well, it, it they just after the SMU game. Going up against the Tulsa team that they clearly outmatch, I was hoping for a, like, very, very dominant performance, and we just didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, Savion Bird, is he in jeopardy of losing that starting spot? But I think he got a little dinged up on Saturday. Doesn't sound like it's anything serious, but. What did they, what what do you mean it it doesn't? What what have they said about it? Well, Brent just kind of. It's what what he didn't say after the game. He just really kind of felt like he had the attitude of, oh, yeah, yeah, he'll be fine. It's all, it's all good. Okay. At least that's what I read into it. Do you think something different's going on there? I, I don't know. I have no idea what it is. I just – the reaction from him on the sideline during the game was was pretty troubling, but I don't 
I just don't know what it is. I don't even know. I don't know if it's a lower body. I don't know if it's concussion. I have no idea. But they took him in, and I don't think he came back out. And he was really upset about whatever happened on the sidelines, so I don't know. Well, he wasn't the only one that was upset on the sidelines during the game. Sounds like (laughs) uh, old Brent Venables was pretty upset right before halftime after that second quarter. Yeah. They got it right in the second half after giving up that field goal, but they got up 28-0. The second quarter wasn't great, and I'm guessing he's very frustrated that they didn't just continue to pile on. Yeah. There were some breakdowns in the secondary. I think it felt like, you know, Vickers made a, had a mental mistake on one. The Like, the biggest problem is they're going to hit some things, which is fine, but we got down closer to the red area, and we didn't make them earn it at all, which we have done all season. You know, we've gotten we've gotten down there. We, like we've, we've given up some plays, but when we get near the red area, we've – typically kind of buckled down and made it really difficult on teams to punch anything in and we handed them two touchdowns one total blown coverage the other just felt like kind of a lazy adjustment by Pearson and the in the safeties reacting to a motion and they got a sprint pass and out and up off of it which you know nice little play design get them to bite on the out and then and then turn it up for the touchdown so like those, that was frustrating to just hand him those and not make him earn it. 405, Jeff Levy woke up with the mission on Saturday from the first play, setting the tone early. If he does this every game, we won't be beat this year. Obviously, we won't be able to skull drag every team we play, but having an emphasis on scoring from far will help this team drastically. We lost the whole score from far thing last year in the latter half of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I agree with and the And that's kind of been – I mean, that's been the case really all year. I, I know we complained last week about not trying to score from far against SMU, but the deep ball? I, I wonder what Gabriel's deep ball percentage is this year. Overall, it's 82%. He's 82% on the year through three games. Let's please talk more about how how good he's been so far. But their deep ball percentage has been – feels like it's been incredible through three games. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's been impressive. Everything, pretty like most of our offensive statistics are really impressive, except for some of the run game stuff. You know, there's there's these different metrics out there on run game, and our explosive run game stuff, like that's twelve yards or more, is Almost the lowest in all of college football. Yeah. They, again, so, they didn't have a run over 20 yards on yeah. uh, on Saturday. And, so, I, yeah. and, and I think the offensive line is clearly to blame for that. But I'm going to put some, some blame on the running backs as well. They just haven't looked. I thought that group was going to look special this year. And we're only through three games. They have time to do so. But I don't know. that The, the running backs just haven't. They haven't been great like I thought that they were going to be this year, at least up to this point. Yeah. I haven't seen great. Really, I don't know if I've seen one just incredible individual play fought by any running back so far this yeah. season. I mean, you is know, that fair? And, yeah. And, you know, if you go back and, and detail some of that game against Tulsa, the offensive line, you know, wasn't great. They were good. They weren't great. 
But on like the two or three plays in the run game that they blocked up the best, um, Javante Barnes had like his worst two or three carries where he made the wrong cut right into a defender and was like a no gain or a short gain instead of like being 100% off to the races. So those, I mean, that's, that's a frustration point. And, you know, I don't, I, I, I pin some of it on the offensive line. I pin some of it on the running backs, but I also pin some of it on the way people have defended us the first three games. Now, I would hope that given the opponent, we'd be able to still a handful of times break some really explosive plays in the run game, even though we're being defended, you know, tightly with a bunch of guys in the box. Uh, One more before we hit a break from the 405. Guys, we only ran the ball 28 times against Tulsa. I, I didn't have an issue with how many times they ran the ball when they're hitting on a 30-yard pass play every time they try to go deep. Yeah. I was fine well, with it. You know, here's one of the things that we, we have to keep in mind, and whether you like this or not, it's just a function of this offense. And really offense in general in college football in this day and age. The, the amount of times you run the football – isn't as black and white as it used to be. A lot of those are called runs. You come to the line, quarterback counts the box, runs the RPO, and throws it on the outside. So, you know, what would have been maybe five, ten, however many more runs, they're RPOs that he's pulling it and throwing it. So you have to keep that in mind. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the text line on the Knippelmeyer text line, 651-3439. We'll be back. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Rightway Insurance is an independent insurance company, which means they work for you. They can use their network of providers to search for better coverage and a better deal for your life, health, home, or auto insurance policies. With their help, it's easy to find a better insurance solution. Let them help you. Landmark Fine Homes is a custom home builder in Oklahoma City. Our commitment is to build energy-efficient, custom-quality crafted homes around the metro OKC area. If you are looking to build your first home or last, Landmark Fine Homes is the builder for you. We have many floor plans to choose from or bring us one that you already have we have communities throughout the metro or we will build on your lot call 405-347-5991 and let landmark fine homes help turn your dreams into a reality yeah it's it, there's a fine line in it and we're, we're continuing to work through that but again guys uh, have played quite a bit here through the first four weeks or the first three weeks it was really good to get Gavin back on the field and get him quality reps so as we move forward it'll be a little more of the hot hand and and who's playing really well at the time and in the moment as as we're inside uh, inside the game it was Jeff Levy from earlier today saying they will continue to ride the hot hand throughout games and when we get to Saturday doing a pregame show, I'm sure it'll sound very similar to Saturday for the uh, pregame show before the Tulsa game. Who the heck's going to get all the carries at running back? You got any yeah. idea? Because I, I, I sure don't after the past two, three weeks. I, I, I really don't. It's all a guess right now. 
And my best guess at this point is it's Marcus Major and Talwee. <laughs> it's their turn this week. I mean, I think that I think you can explain to Marcus Major that he hasn't been in a whole lot just to we all know the injury history, just to keep his exposure to to hits and whatever might happen as low as possible before you get in to conference play. And I think he and Tawi, I mean, I, I guess I've yet to see. We haven't seen very much of Sawchuck. Nope. I guess I, I've yet to see enough from Barnes to make me feel like he needs he needs the shot instead of either one of those guys. Unless I'm missing something, like maybe you disagree. Um, no, I mean Barnes. Just there were times last year, I think, where we thought, okay, he's got a chance to be big time back here at OU, and he and he's, you know, still can be that. I don't know if he's been timid or what. Well, he just doesn't look like he's. It doesn't look like he's been fully unleashed. I, I don't know if it's mentally or physically or what it is, but we're not seeing the guy seeing the guy that we saw last year. I, right. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, I don't know. But it, 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 to I guess Major got one carry, but it gets called back because of a penalty, so he doesn't have a carry in the stat sheet. Yeah. He made one of the bigger plays or one of the best plays of his career late in that SMU game. So for him to get little to no run whatsoever, it just it's just all been odd at running back, man. It's yeah. been really hard to hard to predict what's going on. Uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line from Cherokee Sooner. One of my favorite moments from the game was when my wife collapsed in a fit of laughter after Danny Stutzman performed perhaps the best flop in OU history. She laughed for 10 minutes straight. Well, the best flop, I mean, maybe it was the worst flop in history, which made it the best flop in history, right? Oh, my Is that- gosh. <laughs> I, I missed the flop. I just saw him, uh, like, flail on the ground, and I was like uh, any other fan, throw the flop! What's going on? Seriously? And then I see it later. Oh yeah, yeah, that was the, oh, it's so. Funny. That was the biggest flop I've ever seen. So funny. That was great. Very good stuff from uh, from Stutz. Then he had the crane one. kick after the touchdown, which hell of a play uh, on Y'all, the third and four. Great. You know, it was great. I'll tell you that kid is putting together a season. Man, we're three games in, and he's got three gems so far. Really, really good place with uh, with Stutzman right now, man. He looks good. What about Bowen? He got his first start. I I thought he was sharp. I thought he looked good. I think there's there's some stuff in the run game where he was a little flat and a little soft on the edge, but everything else, I mean, very, very few worries about about Peyton Bowen. I think, you know, if he's starting that cheetah for you, I think you feel pretty good about it. Gunny says Stutz for All-American. He's having that start to – he that, sure is. That, that kind of like, – and not just like what we see on a down-in, down-out basis, but he's having the stats to kind of back up having that All-American season. Well, He had the, the tackles last week, the pick six this week. Like the, the stat sheet looks pretty good through three games. I'll tell you what, what's about to happen. Um, you know, if, if we go handle business with Cincinnati and ISU and then we go – we beat Texas, and we don't just beat Texas. I, I don't care what the final score is. As long as if the defense puts the clamps on Texas offense, be ready for the avalanche of uh, media attention on Oklahoma's defense. Yep. Right? People are looking. People are noticing right now. 
you know, there's some statistics that look really good. What are we, top five offense and top five defense right now? All right, people are keeping an eye on it, but, you know, and naturally with who we've played, they're still a little skeptical. But if you handle business and you do the same against Texas, because you have to be the greatest defense in history to be able to put the clamps on on Texas's offense, I'm Great, greatest defense ever, or Wyoming through three quarters, one of the or other. Wyoming, yeah, uh-huh. through three quarters. But I, if that happens, here comes all of the national stories on our defense, and when when the the rest of the college football world is introduced to Stutzman and his personality, and obviously his play first and foremost, but yes, uh, without a doubt. We'll be seeing the crane kick uh, even more throughout the next several weeks is what you're saying if they take care of business here. You know, um, the pass rush has been a big topic of conversation so far this year. And, again, defensively it was not a great second quarter. I mean, even though they got five interceptions in the game, which you have to bring that up as well, but second quarter wasn't great. There was a moment in the third quarter that really stuck out to me defensively. I mean, what was it, 80% OU fans there on Saturday? And the end zone is 99% OU fans. Tulsa's backed up, and the OU fans really kind of start to get loud after a uh, like a delay in the action. And the defense like looks up. They're kind of feeding off of it. And the next play, Coe just destroys the middle of their offensive line and forces an intentional grounding, right? And it felt oh, like yeah. the next two plays, they got pressure. It, it almost felt like there was a moment in the third quarter Crowd gets into it. Team kind of feeds off of it. And for the rest of the day, their their pressure that they got on the quarterback was incredible, man. That second half, they were getting after it. Yeah. No, they were. They were. Um, I don't have much of a problem with the pass rush. Now, I'll tell you the, the issues I do have with the pass rush. It happened to Downs a couple of times. You know this from a year ago. Yep. My biggest pet peeve. Yep. Rushing past the level of the quarterback especially whenever you have a guy like we faced in Williams who can do some things well, athletically. You can't do that this Saturday either, man. Yeah, you just you just give the guy the edge by, by you know, just sprinting directly up the field. And, you know, it's frustrating because Downs has had a sack this year whenever he got high, recognized it, retraced his steps, and came down and got a sack, falling back. So, you know, that, that was the frustrating thing. Um but, you know, I thought the pressure was good, was adequate. Again, three games in a row, almost, I would say, 80 to 85% of what we saw in the passing game was max protect, boot, sprint pass, or three-step, where it's very difficult to get any pressure on the quarterback. I think I counted, you know, in like the first, like the main part of the game that mattered, I think there was three or four, maybe it was four or five, straight drop back, get five guys out into the route. You got five offensive linemen blocking four. And we had we had good pressure on those snaps. Guy, so I'm still not worried about guy it. Guy on the text line says, really? Yeah, Danny had the pick and several other great plays. I noticed more misses than in the first two games. Overran or wrong gap? Not sure. Guess uh, Guy's not buying into the... The, the Danny Stutzman hype. Well, I mean, he wasn't perfect. He missed he missed a tackle on that one toss uh, yep. over to the Tulsa sideline. Yep. Um, I mean, he's not going to make every single tackle the entire it's year. Been pretty damn I mean, good though. Yeah. Right? I mean, 
<laughs> You're going to miss if some If we want to highlight the plays that he missed, that's fine. But let's also highlight the incredible – I mean, he was National Defensive Player of the Week in, in Week 2. Yeah. No, he was – He was. I thought he was sharp. Um, I think there was, there was a play, I think, where um, – I, I do think Kanick and Stutzman were aligned incorrectly. Either that or everyone else was. It's hard to know, not knowing what the call is. And uh, it turned into a nice play for Tulsa. So, But those things are going to happen, man. I mean, even whenever you're playing really, really good defense, guys are going to miss tackles. There's going to be some alignment issues, especially whenever, you know, you, you're in not one of your base calls and they happen to throw something a little more exotic at you and you haven't worked through that adjustment. You know, there may be some mistakes out there. Um, I, right now, I haven't seen enough mistakes that like where you see the same thing happening over and over to where you you you, you got to be really worried about it i'm not there with anything best game for nick anderson in his ou career not not close i agree one of the better games by an ou wide receiver in a while as well best game for jaleel farouk in an ou uniform six catches 126 yards and a touchdown and, and my point to that is like regardless of what the answer is i think it might be yes the first time he touches the ball on saturday he fumbles it away to the other team. And then he right. comes back with, in my, mind, in my mind, which was, yes, that was his best game ever. I think so. I think it was the first time in OU history that a player has had over 100 yards receiving and over 100 yards in returns or kickoff returns, which I, I was kind of surprised by that, but there, that's the stat. Um that return was really good, and I don't know. I didn't. I actually didn't watch the special teams tape to see what exactly happened. Did it someone come up straight, from behind and punch it? I think he came up from the side of him, I want to say. Just yeah. the side, and it was just a, a punch out that landed perfectly. Yeah. Just knocked, knocked it right out. But, yeah, yeah. Wait, we were talking about special teams. I, I, I'm spoiled now. We're Friday at the garage. Well, I'm spoiled now. How's the big special teams play going to come? And I'm laughing as he crosses the 35-yard line saying, I'm going to have to wait one play to see the big special teams play today? Seriously? And yeah. then that ball gets knocked out. But he came back after that, and he was he was really good, man. Really good. He was. He bounced back. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good with where we're at right now. Um, offensive line, I think, is still lagging a little bit behind. I thought it was awesome to see Caden Green get in there at left guard. Um He's big. He's strong. There's some footwork things he's got to work on at guard That's where things are a little bit different, but in a pretty good spot after three weeks. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hang out. Newcastle Casino today. I-44X at 107. We'll be back. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Sooner football? We do, too. This is The Ref, home of Sooner fans. Introducing the next generation at Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. And we're talking Sierras. 2023 GMC Sierra 1500 Crew Cab SLT 5.3. Take a claim and only VA can determine eligibility. To report suspicious activity, visit va.gov forward slash OIG forward slash hotline. Reaction Monday on The Rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Here's a uh, stat from Saturday for you. 60 whole chickens, 400 whole chicken wings, 1,600-plus chicken breasts, 
and 2,000-plus chicken tenders. That's what Chicken and the Wolf did on uh, Saturday before, during, and after the game of OU Tulsa We were uh, where we were camped out at for pregame and postgame. 60 whole chickens, 400 whole wings, 1,600-plus breasts, and 2,000-plus tenders. I thought you were going to say that was a snack run uh, for Gunny after a 420 here. <laughs> uh, that's pretty impressive, though. Oh, that's good. That's pretty impressive. Up, that place was cool. Dude, it felt Dude, like I'll tell home you, game. Did you walk over and see Tulsa's tailgate set up? So I didn't like walk in there. I, I got walked around a little bit before our pregame, and it looked like that's where Sean Kingston was uh, doing the whole yeah. concert. It's um, that was awesome. Yeah, it's 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 a pretty cool setup around there, especially now, I where know, we were at. It was everything was just like like less than a mile away. Said the chicken and the wolf ad last week. Well, we weren't lying, but it was steps away. Well, that you know, it, 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 for those that weren't there, the. I think it's like called the something something commons, and there's just this huge green, uh, just a grass park or field that's like the size of a football field, maybe bigger, and it was all cleared out, and there was tailgating tents set up the throughout the entire place. They all had TVs in them, uh, food being cooked, awesome setup. They even had like complimentary food out there in the middle. Dude, that was a very, very impressive setup. And it was just, you know, I don't know, 100 yards from the stadium. And I, uh, that was cool. They're the bussing whole setup people was over, awesome. Bussing people over from the fairgrounds. Uh, there were buses rolling in behind that end zone, like, for three hours before the game, people getting out. OU yeah. fans just everywhere. The uh, the concession situation, and I understand that they're not used to that many people being there, was, was pretty tough in stadium, but... That's like my my only complaints. Overall, yeah. the I, we had a we had a great weekend, man. Downtown Tulsa on Friday night was fun. Uh, around Chapman Stadium on Saturday, like it was it was a really fun weekend. I had a good time. Yep, I agree. I agree. What do we got on the text line? Kendall says they held the Presley kid to under a hundred yards. Head scratching as to why TU doesn't get him the ball in space. Yeah. I, uh, you know, just. Here's one of the reasons I'm a little, little tempered in, in praise for where I think we are as a defense because, you know, kind of going in, I talked about this some with Kevin Wilson and the game kind of backed that up. They just they did their thing. They didn't they didn't break out some huge elaborate game plan that they've been working on all year to unveil against Oklahoma. They just kind of came out and and did what they do. Did what they do. They did, you know, the, the same running game stuff that we've seen from them so far this year. Same passing concepts. It was, it, it was pretty vanilla stuff. Like Kevin Wilson this year is in, they're in rebuild mode, and he knows it. They're going to go in and work on their foundational stuff, and that's what you saw. Okie Tom says OU offense is number six. The defense is number seven. Special teams, number seven. I guess really the only negative special teams play they've had is Farouk's fumble. And even that one ended up being um, Tulsa didn't even get it in plus territory. Yeah. If you're looking for a small positive on that play. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm We're in a good spot. 
four, a good spot. 405, Stutzman got a pick six and isn't Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week. I um, I totally who forgot. Who is? I don't know who got Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week. I know uh, Gabriel is Offensive Player of the Week, and Nick Anderson was Newcomer of the Week. But those that's the only two things I paid attention to. But there's been three consecutive weeks, or the only three weeks of the season, where OU's had at least one player as Player of the Week. And when yeah. they have one preseason All-Big 12 guy in, in downs, but um, Freeman was co-Special Teams Player of the Week in Week 1. You had Stutzman, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week in Week 2. And then, yeah, Gabriel, Offensive Player of the Week Saturday, along with Nick Anderson, Newcomer. What was the – well, uh, I'm surprised they didn't give it to Shiloh Sanders with the pick six. Maybe they did. Maybe that's who – even though they're not in the Big 12 yet. Um, I wouldn't what put was, it past those guys to do that. What Utah. was the biggest win in the Big 12? West Virginia? Jeez. Um yeah, I don't. I mean, there's not very many teams in the conference that won on Saturday. No. Oklahoma so State it, lost. It's like, Kansas State te- lost. it's like Texas over Wyoming, OU over Tulsa. Um, I guess it has to be West Virginia over Pitt. So I wonder if someone from that game or got TCU it. over Houston, but I don't think Houston's any good. Yeah, I'll look it up. See who got it. Four oh five. PJ and Ford have to start against athletic quarterbacks that start this weekend. That's from Sooner Geddon. Um, perhaps I, I don't, well, I don't know. Trace Ford, another, another really strong, um, another strong performance. Oh yeah. BYU. I, I keep forgetting they're in the conference. BYU had the best way of the weekend over ah, Arkansas. Yeah. 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 That's right. Boy, they, 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 they look good offensively, man. They hadn't looked good offensively the first two weeks. And I'm not saying Arkansas, some top 15 defense or anything, but that's by far the best the BYU offense has looked. Yeah. Yep. Um, who is this? The baddie defensive end? From Baylor, for, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, BYU. Oh, is, oh he BYU? Had, is, is he had nine tackles, yeah. uh, one and a half tackles for loss, Six a sack. Said Baylor. Forced a fumble late in the fourth quarter and recovered another fumble. With 3.49 to play to, uh, to help beat the Razorbacks. 4.05, where the hell has Rondell Bothroyd been? I was expecting to see him in the backfield all game. Yeah, he he didn't play nearly as much in this game. He was out there some, but he didn't play nearly as much. Um, you did see more from from PJ, which maybe maybe that's who's who's chewing up those reps. Not sure. Maybe he's working through something because our Mason Thomas is still like he can barely jog. He still looks like he's banged up with what is it, an ankle or something? He's been slowed. Um, maybe they're just giving some of the younger guys some run. You know what you're going to get from Bothroyd? Not sure. He didn't play as much. Nine one eight. Any thoughts on zone coverage issues? Seem to have been an issue for us for years now, or maybe we've decided to show nothing on zone coverage until Texas, LOL. I thought like that. I thought zone coverage was better this week than it's been previous. Um, outside of the 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 bus by Vickers and the Pearson jumping the out on that out and up, and I think he did that because he was late and in bad position. 
um, we there was a couple of digs that we missed. That you know there was there was some stuff in there, but it was an improvement. Um, it's all not going to be perfect. You're going to get better. Like remember that this is not a polished defense. This is still a a team that is like they're still in the novice phase. So they're going to be they're going to be getting better and better as the year goes on, and, and there's going to be a lot of improvement taking place. Not a finished product. So I, I I feel like we're improving week by week, and that's where we need to be. So, all right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming. Keep the text messages coming. Six five one. 3439 Knipple Meyer text line. Sound off any time of day on the Knipple Meyer Chevrolet text line at 405 651 3439. Knipple Meyer Chevrolet in Blanchard, USA. The changing season is here, and if you're ready for a change, check out the 2023 Buick Envisions. Take up to $5,250 off MSRP for eligible non-GM owners. There's not a better change than driving a Buick from Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. Buick sizzle at Dorsey Jones. We'll find ways to put him in positions of success moving forward. There's Jeff Levy earlier this afternoon talking about Jackson Arnold and his involvement with the offense. This hour is brought to you by Cavens Group. If you have an emergency 24 hours a day, give Cavens a call. They specialize in fire, water, mold, remediation, and crime scene cleanup. Cavens Group, 405-573-3048. That's 405-573-3048 or cavensgroup.com. They are uh, trying every way that they can to get Jackson Arnold in the game. He even lined up at wide receiver for two plays on Saturday. And you knew something was going to come out of that, and I think it was the third play – they essentially bring him on the end around, and they try to find Gavin uh, Freeman in the end zone. But, yeah, the QB power package didn't work again right at the goal line, yeah. right before half. I thought it was. I thought the package they put in there with Gabriel was great. Um, now, I know the result from it didn't yield anything, but you didn't need it to yield anything. All you needed to do is show that you're going to continue to find ways to get him in the game and be creative. So now, you know, someone at Cincinnati has to sift through everywhere Levy's been, everywhere or everywhere um, that anyone on the staff has been, what gadget stuff that they've done, and and try and figure out wh- like how they might use Jackson Arnold. And it chews up, chews up preparation time, practice time, trying to keep that in there because you know it's they're going to you have to expect they're going to do something and it's a, uh, I feel the same way about the quarterback power as I have since the beginning it's a it's it's bait I mean that's not what they're going to use him for it, he is he's not a power quarterback they are not a power football team they all again. They're chewing up practice time for teams in conference play, uh, and Cincinnati's going to be one of them. As good as they are uh, defensively, that if he is, if he does come out there in moments like that, it's not going to be quarterback power. They're going to do something else. Side note on that trick play with Arnold uh, that happened. I mean, literally right in front of us. Mm-hmm. And the pass is incomplete. They try to go to Freeman, and the Kapinski guy, their defensive lineman, stands up. I was like, dang. <laughs> they had a D lineman in coverage on that play. 
Uh, yeah. He's he's a good player. He's one of the better players that they've had. I was a. It, it didn't matter in the grand scheme of things in the score. I was a little surprised in the moment. A lot surprised in the moment that they elected to kick the field goal right before the half. I thought that they would say, you know what, let's make a statement here. Let's go for it with two or three seconds left before halftime and see if we can score. Yeah. Settle for three. It didn't, again, it didn't end up being a big deal, but at the time I was, wow, I can't believe they're kicking here. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, and hindsight, field goals were an issue for us last year. Let's let's get as many successful attempts as we can this year to build some confidence in that group. All right, that's it.